Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest Hello, Andrew. Hey there, Edwin. Thursday on Text Talk. That is the day it is. We are winding down the month of August, though, I noticed. Is that crazy or what? It is. August 31st. Yeah, I was going to say, my note page says August 32nd. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> but well, it'll be, a, it'll be a red letter day when August 32 gets here, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah, I, bet I probably should make a correction on my notes on that one. <laughs> September's feeling robbed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so August 31st, we're going to be uh, continuing in Psalm 105. Which translation are you going to be reading from? I believe... I believe I have here in my hands the Holy Bible, the New Living Translation. Great. Why don't you go ahead and read that for me? All righty. New Living Translation, Psalm 105. Give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his greatness. Let the whole world know what he has done. Sing to him. Yes, sing his praises. Tell everyone about his wonderful deeds. Exult in his holy name. Rejoice, you who worship the Lord. Search for the Lord and for his strength. Continually seek him. Remember the wonders he has performed, his miracles, and the rulings he has given. You children of his servant Abraham, you descendants of Jacob, his chosen ones. He is the Lord our God. His justice is seen throughout the land. He always stands by his covenant, the commitment he made to a thousand generations. This is the covenant he made with Abraham and the oath he swore to Isaac. He confirmed it to Jacob as a decree and to the people of Israel as a never-ending covenant. I will give you the land of Canaan as your special possession. He said this when they were few in number, a tiny group of strangers in Canaan. They wandered from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another. Yet he did not let anyone oppress them. He warned kings on their behalf, Do not touch my chosen people and do not hurt my prophets. He called for a famine on the land of Canaan, cutting off its food supply. Then he sent someone to Egypt ahead of them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They bruised his feet with fetters and placed his neck in an iron collar until the time came to fulfill his dreams. The Lord tested Joseph's character. Then Pharaoh sent for him and set him free. The ruler of the nation opened his prison door. Joseph was put in charge of all the king's household. He became ruler over all the king's possessions. He could instruct the king's aides as he pleased and teach the king's advisors. Then Israel arrived in Egypt. Jacob lived as a foreigner in the land of Ham. And the Lord multiplied the people of Israel until they became too mighty for their enemies. Then he turned the Egyptians against the Israelites, and they plotted against the Lord's servants. But the Lord sent his servant Moses, along with Aaron, whom he had chosen. They performed miraculous signs among the Egyptians and wonders in the land of Ham. The Lord blanketed Egypt in darkness, for they had defied his commands to let his people go. He turned their water into blood, poisoning all the fish. Then frogs overran the land and even invaded the king's bedrooms. When the Lord spoke, flies descended on the Egyptians and gnats swarmed across Egypt. He sent them hail instead of rain and lightning flashed over the land. He ruined their grapevines and fig trees and shattered all the trees. He spoke and hordes of locusts came, young locusts beyond number. 
They ate up everything green in the land, destroying all the crops in their fields. Then he killed the oldest son in each Egyptian home, the pride and joy of each family. The Lord brought his people out of Egypt, loaded with silver and gold, and not one among the tribes of Israel even stumbled. Egypt was glad when they were gone, for they feared them greatly. The Lord spread a cloud above them as a covering and gave them a great fire to light the darkness. They asked for meat, and he sent them quail. He satisfied their hunger with manna, bread from heaven. He split open a rock, and water gushed out to form a river through the dry wasteland, for he remembered his sacred promise to his servant Abraham. So he brought his people out of Egypt with joy, his chosen ones with rejoicing. He gave his people the lands of pagan nations, and they harvested crops that others had planted. All this happened so they would follow his decrees and obey his instructions. Praise the Lord. I picked up in verse 28. Go, go back to read verse 28 in the New Living Translation there, please. Yeah, 28. The Lord blanketed Egypt in darkness, for they had defied his commands to let his people go. There's some interesting struggle with verse 28. So here's the ESV. He sent darkness and made the land dark. They did not rebel against his words. Huh. There's there's some real struggle in this, and I, I think there might be some manuscriptal differences in there somewhere. But remember earlier in the week you talked about the pronouns. Sometimes it's hard. Are we talking about Israel? Are we talking about Egypt? Egypt. Yeah, it is. Um, he it made is the land dark. They did not rebel against his words. Is this Israel did not rebel against his words? Is this Egypt? So the the New Living Translators there, they make a choice. They say, okay, he is talking about Egypt, so it is that they did rebel. They wouldn't let Israel go. And so they got the darkness. So, and Yeah, so whereas I think most folks, as they're looking at this, think that this is why darkness comes first, is that the psalmist is pointing out, all right, here's where this is going to end up. After God has done all these things to them, they finally submit and surrender to his words. And at this point, Egypt is telling Pharaoh and the counselors is tell, are, are telling Pharaoh, look, are, are you going to let their God destroy our land? You right. need to let them go. And of course, one more plague and he finally does. Yeah. Though he reneges and tries to get him and that gets us to the Red Sea. So just an interesting uh, choice there translation-wise that, that I certainly picked up on as we were going through the New Living Translation. I also noticed, and this this one stood out to me because of what I wanted to talk about, yeah. in verse 12, the ESV uses a word, I like this word, sojourners, and the New Living Translation used the word strangers in and the, verse 12. the New King James used the word strangers as well. Does, okay, 12. I, I yeah. missed that. Yeah, I missed that when you read the New King James. Yeah. But today, I really wanted to comment on this concept of sojourner. strangers, sojourners so, yeah, in Canaan. Look in verse 23 there. I, I, you know what? I was sure. so distracted by the, the other yeah. stuff. I missed this. In verse 23, what word is so used there? So we've got in verse 23, um, you have in the New King James is just Israel also came into Egypt and Jacob dwelt in the land of okay. Ham. Yeah. But there's a little, it's a little different. In the New Living Translation, it said, Then Israel arrived in Egypt. Jacob lived as a foreigner in the land of Ham. Yeah, so that's interesting. So in the ESV, it's sojourned. In the land so of Ham. you got sojourned twice in the ESV. Right. Then, so right? they're sojourners in their early days. It's not their dwelling place. They don't own any of the land. As far as I know, the only land that they got to have was a burial plot mm-hmm. prior to the Egyptian captivity. 
but points out, think about this. They end up in Egypt. Joseph is second in command. Mm-hmm. The Israelite family gets Goshen, the best of the land. They are able to settle in it and settle their herds and their flocks there. And they're able to prosper there and they're growing there. But what are they still? They are still sojourning. Yeah, this is yeah. not their home. And I think that's important for us to recognize is that that before they went into Egypt, they were sojourners in the land. Once they get into Egypt, they are sojourners there. Then I remember this. I find this fascinating. In 1 Chronicles 29, this is David. Mm -hmm. I mean, they've they've gone through the judges, and now they're on their second king, and he's about to die, and they're going to have their third king. He's preparing for the temple to be built, and they've got their collection. And as he has prayed about that in 1 Chronicles 29, 15, for we are strangers before you and sojourners as all our fathers were. Our days on the earth are like a shadow, and there is no abiding. All the way along, Uh, even when they were in the land that God had promised them, but they didn't own any of it, they were sojourners. When they're in this place where they're being protected and actually able to settle and grow families and build houses, they're still sojourners. sojourners. But then they get back to the land. They get back to the land, and now they are settled. They are in God's land. They are among God's people. They're building houses. They're building Mm -hmm. cities. And David is able to recognize this. They are still sojourners. This world is not their home. They are pilgrims. Mm -hmm. They are strangers. They are foreigners, no matter what the situation is. What a fascinating way to look at life, uh, to appreciate um, I am here just for a time, and this really isn't my home. Um, Maybe that helps us deal with a little bit of the challenge of mortality. I mean, Edwin, I know you turned 50 this year. <laughs> thank, and so, thank you for that. So there's been a lot of struggles in your, in your you know, in conversation. In and my knees, sermons, in my back, therapy. in my shoulder. I mean, obviously, you've really been dealing with mortality. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I will tell you, and I've been having some of those same kind of existential angst here recently also because I'm getting a little older and my daughter's gone off to college. Do, do we want to talk about the number of times I had to edit today's reading because your eyes couldn't see that tiny text? Oh, I know. Old man oh let me tell you something <laughs> I, I won't say the name of this friend but i met with a friend this last week and we're having breakfast and our first conversation is about uh, bifocals and cataracts the inability to read the menu then we start looking at the menu and we're looking at the calories and i said how funny is this when we first started hanging out together we were looking at the prices saying do i want to go this high now we're looking at the calorie information <laughs> saying do i want to go this high <laughs> it's just terrible well that's because the prices are so high right now now. You just don't even want to look at those. Anyway. Well, no, I say that they'll, they'll change on you between bites. That's uh, that's inflation. Not to get distracted, though, from sojourning. All of this, these these are well, this is the plight of living here. That, yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, we kind of laugh about that. But some people and, you know, myself included, will go through seasons where we re- really wrestle with this. I'm not here very long. You know, our, our days are few and they're full of hardship and then we die and uh, how do you how do you make sense of all that? But in this perspective of a sojourn, yeah. I'm here for a time and there is a purpose, but I am moving on. Uh, that's how you begin to make sense of that. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. 
My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. As Paul points out in Philippians 3, our citizenship is in heaven. Mm -hmm. We're awaiting a savior from heaven. Our kingdom is a heavenly kingdom. And even as we live here on earth now, we are living as in the kingdom because we are sojourners here. And that's part of Abraham's outlook also, as we're told in Hebrews chapter 11. He did dwell in tents. But he was looking for a city whose maker was God, the one made without hands. And that was going to be the real home. Yeah. And there in Hebrews 11, it's not the city he came from because he could have gone back there. Exactly. He could have gone back if it was like, no, I want to get back home. I want to get back to family. I'm a city boy. He could do that. Right. The Hebrew writer says, no, he understood. There's something that God has planned for him and he was looking for it and he didn't receive it yet, but he Mm -hmm. knew it was coming. Mm -hmm. And that's where we are. Mm -hmm. God, God's heavenly kingdom. We, we are in it. And yet we are awaiting it. Yeah. Here we are on this earth living as strangers and sojourners, citizens of another land, another realm, another plane of existence, because we're we're sojourners. This what what we have around here is not our home. We've we've got something better than this. And what that needs to train me to do is to loosen my grip. Mm. Loosen my grip. Mm-hmm. We have throughout this past month had a series on stewardship yeah. in our Bible classes for our adults and teens here in August. And one of the lessons that I have to learn is this is God's stuff that he has given me to use here. And, right, and I, need right. to, I need to loosen my grip so that it can be used in God's ways, preparing for me future dwellings yeah. in God's kingdom yeah. and in the fullness of it. Yeah. And so sojourners. That's exactly right. And when we're sojourners, I think we get a better handle on, I really do need to hold on to God. That's the one who's steady. That's the one who's leading me on. Yes. Lord God, we want to hang on to you. Help us to hold on to you tightly and to hold on to the things of this world and this life loosely, to use them in ways that bring glory to you, that serve your people, that spread your gospel and word to others so that they can come into your family. Help me, help Andrew, help everyone listening right now to remember that we are sojourners. We are strangers and foreigners in this land, that our citizenship is in heaven's kingdom. And help us to live as heavenly citizens, even right here in whatever nation we are on this earth. And may we look forward to our eternity with you as we magnify your name. It's through your son, Jesus, our King and Savior, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.